You're listening to Carmen and Yurko, live from the old National Bank State Street studio on WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. Thursday to you, this January 26th, Uh 2023. Uh Uh-oh. What do you think of when I say Jan 26th, Yerko? You know what I think of. What do you think of? I think of uh, New Orleans. Oh. I think about a party on Bourbon Street. I think about celebrations. I think about refrigerators. Way back. I think about who the hell is Reggie Phillips (laughs) and why is Henry Wachter a name that keeps coming up over and over on this day. And this is this also the day that Leslie Frazier's career got ruined. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so those are a bunch of different things that I think of on this specific day. And then I also think of the fact that the Bears won their, their Super Bowl, Super Bowl 20. That is their right. only Super Bowl. Since and this probably the last play of the game. Walter Payton, Mike Ditka, Hungry Chicago, finally champions on this January day in New Orleans. 46 to 10, the final. Oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. January 26th. Quite the build-up. 1986. There, that, that. Wow. And, of course, today is the 37th anniversary of that fateful day in New Orleans when the Bears did win their only Super Bowl. And, of course, I bring it up because I need you to bring... Me up to speed, and maybe all of some of our younger listeners out there. I know Black and Abdullah on the other side of the glass. They can probably, I think, uh, feel what I feel when people talk about the 85 Bears. It is cool to have a team that has the historical you know, moniker as the greatest defense of all time. But at the same time, we are a little too young to, I think, actually appreciate what was happening. So, Yerk. For all the younger listeners out there, can you fill us in on what was going on during the 85 Bears season well, and why it was so historic? I was a freshman in college, right? The uh-huh. Bears were coming off a successful 1984 campaign, so expectations were high. People were expecting that the Bears were going to be able to do something. We just didn't know quite what we had, sure, right? So the refrigerator came in. He was a sidebar. Mm-hmm. He was a rookie that year. So the fridge comes in, and Buddy Ryan's making fun of him. Then it's going back and forth. And, and Ditka's got the, you know, people think 85 Bears. They always think about Coach Ditka. Of course. Ditka's got the stage. He's always talking. This is what you have at your Tennessee to see. You've got McMahon. McMahon is kind of anti-establishment. It was a great football team. Funky QB. Great football team full of quirky guys, full of guys with attitude. Offensive line could play. An offense that was as good as its defense. The beginning of the year, the defense wasn't quite in tune. And then as the year started to go on, they started to you know, kind of figure out who they were and how they were going to play. And then they started pitching some shutouts. And it was all fantastic until a Monday night game where they played the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins end up beating them. They take away their undefeated. And it was the 72 Dolphins that win undefeated. Mm-hmm. So it was all fantastic, right? Sure. It was all great. It was building. The Bears were going to qualify for the playoffs. They got the number one spot. 
Then they went and they shut uh, shut out the New York Giants, I believe. They or did the 20, LA Rams. Twenty one to nothing. The Giants were the divisional round opponents. Then they shut out the LA Rams in the conference championship. Twenty four to nothing. They go down to New Orleans and it's the sidebar. It's McMahon moving the cam- uh, mooning the cameras. It's sure. the guys being out boozing and carousing and gallivanting down on Bourbon Street and having a good time. The name calling, all this and that, and going back and forth. The New England Patriots trying to play quiet. Then you think you're going to shut them out again, right? You're going to shut them out? That was the, per- the expectation, right? That they were going to run through, roll through the playoffs yeah. and, and without giving up a point. An early fumble, yes. an early exchange problem between Jim McMahon and Walter Payton caused the ball to get fumbled. The Bears stopped them and they kicked the field goal. They put three points on the board. And the rest, as they say, is Super Bowl history as Willie Galt, The Fridge, Jim McMahon, Everybody Matt just Suey, started. Everybody but Walter Payton. Everybody scored. but Walter Payton. By the way, I never even think of that. By the way, when mm-hmm. I think eighty-five Super Bowl, I never think of the fact that Walter Payton didn't score. Mm-hmm. I think of the fact that the Bears scored. You know, yes. Bears won. They, That's what I think about. I don't think about individual accomplishment, except for maybe the small guys like Reggie Phillips and Henry Walker. That's what I think who, about. Who made big plays in the right, Super Bowl? Right, there. right. It was, it was absolutely the uh, coronation for that team. Who went to went on to win the Super Bowl forty six to ten against the Patriots on this day thirty seven years ago? And I was eighteen. Be, I was eighteen years old. That's what I was. So eighteen years old, running with a dime in my hand. You know, good times. College freshman, eighteen uh, years old, freshman the, year. The That's a good year for a lot of folks. The whole world to conquer. Best years of your life. Yeah, best if you years will. of my life by far. I could live on twenty bucks for the week. That's how good it was. Twenty dollars for the week, I could live. So you were a freshman and at Eastern Illinois, at Eastern Illinois and on the football team, right? Yep. So you were practicing throughout the week? Practice throughout the week. They'd play on Saturday. Sure. I didn't quite play as a freshman. Uh, I redshirted for a long so you time. Put, then I got activated and I started to play. So During your freshman year? Right. Okay. Yeah, I played Kansas. My first game was against Kansas. Okay. So, so on Sundays, we'd sit and we'd all watch the Bears dominate. And everybody was a Bears fan except for those few St. Louis Cardinal fans because St. Louis was still had the Cardinals at the sure. time. They hadn't gone to Arizona ah, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you got guys from Effingham and such, they were all kind of Cardinals. Yeah, fans. they support Neil Lomax and yeah, Roy Neil, Green. Yeah. <laughs> if Lomax you Lomax and Roy Green, and I, I forget who the running Otis, Otis, OJ Anderson. Oh, yeah, yeah, before he Could became a uh, Super yeah, Bowl hero Pat, for the Giants. Pat Tilly was a, a wide receiver, number 83. EJ Jr. was a young man. So oh, yeah. I have to admit, your memories are much more crystallized than mine yeah. because I was all of five years old back in 1986, and when they and when they won the Super Bowl in '86 on the '85 season, I had just turned five actually. So most of the '85 season, I was four years old. I have no living memory of actually what was going on as that season was taking place. It's all been you know built up after the fact. Things I've watched, you know, plenty of the games from you know on DVDs, go from on the past. YouTube, check sure. it out. Watched all the great highlights, but my actual working memory of yeah. that time is nil. And also, a couple of guys who are on this show every day, Black and Abdallah, who big Bears season ticket fans, they as well, I have to imagine, have no real memories of that because they're younger than I am. Black, Abdallah, when I say 85 Bears, chime in. What's your thoughts initially of the 85 Bears? Uh, great respect for the history of it. Uh, obvious, I mean, I, I was born in uh, May of 85, so I was alive technically <laughs> yes. when the game happened and the season happened, but didn't have memories of it. Uh, obviously, as a longtime, lifelong Bears season ticket holder fan, uh, my favorite team. I know the history. I understand the impact, the weight that it has within the uh, NFL conversation. 
Uh, I'm sick of it, though. Yes. Uh, I think most millennials don't care when people want to try and tell you how great the 85 Bears were because we weren't a part of it. And quite frankly, it's all you all talk about. Uh, We need teams to be successful going forward so we can talk about something else. That's that's my initial thought. They got to win. Yeah. I'm not against you. They got to win. It's more a... um, it's a piece of uh, critique on the team itself. Absolutely. Is that that's all anyone talks about, something from almost 40 years ago. Yes. You know, that's the whole point. I, and I could see when I mentioned to Abdallah, I was like, you know what? I want to celebrate the anniversary at the sure. outset of the show. We'll get the big uh, we'll the get elephant in the, the room out yeah. of the way. And out I could see the face he was making very similar to what he's doing right now yeah. when I said, listen, let's just let's tear the bandit off. Let's do it because that's the point. Rip it off. Go ahead, well, listen, my friends, I was born December of 1984. I remember the entire season when they gave up all of those points. I spit up. I spit up the formula. <laughs> I spit up the milk in disgust that this, this, this defense, this team would give up that many points. When they lost the game, spit up again, threw up. I was gassy. I was burpy. I was one years old in a one in a onesie celebrating with my parents and lack of friends because babies don't have friends at that age. But yeah, it's it's ridiculous and like it's almost a, a joke now. Like we we have a lot of callers that that have. That, that sound Chicago, right? Sure. They sound like there is beef and sausage being spit out of their mouths as they are talking into the phone. And it's great, but when we get those calls that are like, this defense is, re- I remember, it's, it's almost like a caricature of itself, right? Like, we don't, like, yeah, we want to have a good defense, but every, every team in the NFL wants to have a good defense. And, like, it's still, it's still important because all the Bears have to do is be mediocre, and we complain about, oh, the national audience has to watch the Bears four times this year, right? Like, the Bears just have to have an electrifying player like Justin Fields because of the allure of the 85 yes. Bears and the national brand that is the Chicago Bears. And because of that, the Bears are on national TV more often than they probably should be because they haven't won anything since 1985 Bears, right? Yep. But because they were so great and they became this caricature of Saturday Night Live yep. and all these skits and everything else— because of that, the Bears are celebrated, and they're on national TV probably more than they should be. Yeah, I'd like certainly to have some more success so that we can kind of put this – we can celebrate this day appropriately, right? It doesn't have to have this bigger – I will this- offer you this. Mm-hmm. The Lombardi Packers never disappeared until they won a Super Bowl. So if any of the current teams of the Chicago Bears as we move on would ever win a Super Bowl – you'd quit hearing about the 85 Bears. But until you do it, you have the 85 Bears, and that's all you're going to have. And they'll be me, 75 years old, if the Bears can't win a Super Bowl. You guys will be calling me in Florida. I'm going, Yerk, what do you remember about the 85 Bears? And then I will give you my spiel about the 85 Bears because I was there. Until somebody does something and erases the memory of the 85 Bears, that's the challenge that this team, Justin Fields, uh, Poles, uh, Eberflus and the rest of these guys have. Until then, the 85 Bears shall be celebrated as the greatest team ever in the city of Chicago, period. The Bears. Jeff Bears. is in Barrington. He wants Zest. to give us a little bit of Super Bowl trivia. Jeff, you're on Carmen and Yurko Miller and for Carmen today. What's going on? All right, I got a trivia for Yurk. Yo! How good would that, have, that defense have been if the two pro bowlers from 1984 Todd Bell and would have Harris. signed with the Bears? 
and Al Harris, if they both would have signed with the Bears. So exactly. I, can you can you only – I mean, L.A. Mike Richardson would have been there, so I don't know who – Well, I mean, Todd, so, now, hold on now. Todd Bell was safety. So it would have been Dewerson that uh, is the guy that doesn't get yeah, the Yeah, he's play. the one who stepped in and okay. became a starter. Right. So it would have been Dewerson. And then who was it, Rivera? And, uh, and Al Rivera Harris. took Harris? Chico. Yeah, it would have been Chico Rivera. Maybe that goes to the bench. But you still end up utilizing them during the year. Yeah, those guys held out, and the the Bears said, no, nope, so, we've got enough talent, we'll be all right. Jeff, are you asking the question, could the greatest defense have been greater? Is that what oh, you're getting been, Yeah, it would have been untouched, but two, two pro bowlers. Yeah, Todd Bowles. They Bell just sit out the whole year for, no, for I a know. paycheck. It, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of it. I do, you know, I've read plenty about the history of the 85 Bears, and like Yerko laid out, the 84 team, which yeah. kind of set those expectations. Now, they were 10-6 and six in 84 coming off of a good year, but it, it's kind of surprising that the expectations, where were they? We're at off of only a ten win season. Well, yeah. I mean, ten win season back then was something phenomenal. Uh, I mean, ten wins, ten wins ten in the six? sixteen game schedule back then. Yeah, was. I, I mean, mean you're was... one of the better teams in the league there. Hmm. So that's the way they thought of themselves. That's the way they felt about themselves. Like, hey, we've got a chance to go ahead and do something. And the um, the cockiness and the confidence that that team had was unbelievable. I guess. I mean, they felt real good about themselves. I guess, too, uh, they were coming off of the loss in the conference championship to the 49ers the previous year. So, obviously, when you make it to the conference championship, there will be heightened expectations the following year. So, that would make sense. 312-332-3776 if you want to jump on in on the anniversary of the 85 Bears Super Bowl victory in 1986, January 26th, of course. Feel free. Of course, we will turn to modern-day Bears because that's always on our mind these days so that we can finally push past this anniversary and stop making such a big deal about that. We'll do that next here on ESPN 1000. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. You can watch Yurko eat some cheddar popcorn on Twitch right now if you'd like. Every day you can watch us on twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Tastes good over there? Yeah. Cheddar popcorn. I'd like to thank Matt Frankie. Is that his name, Matt Frankie? Captain Jack? Fat Jack. That's Fat Jack. Fat Jack. Yeah. Not not, not Matt Matt Frankie. Frankie. Listen, I'm glad uh, you you guys speak here, because I was completely perplexed there. I was like, I was was trying to think of who's responsible for the popcorn. Fat Jack sent us some popcorn. It's their guy. I I liked how we were uh, sauntering down to the studio from upstairs, (laughs) and and Yerko just... uh, Called out to Black and I'm like, hey, are we eating this popcorn or what's going on, man? <laughs> he just walks into the office, takes it, and I go, it's all you. Enjoy. Yeah. So. Can't sit and look at it forever. It'll go stale. How, how many days have you been eyeing that popcorn you got up? It. I saw it for the first time this morning when oh, okay. I walked by. <laughs> so, so you know why? Because it's been in a tin, and he didn't notice it until it was out of the there tin. There you go. Like, it's like something that's behind the milk in the fridge. Yeah. Like, he didn't know it was there until he saw the, that the it was jam. there. Yeah. The jam. Love it. Once I saw the jam, it's, hello, how are you? Stick around about a half an hour from now, about 12.45 or so. Black and Abdallah, I have a big announcement for you coming your way on Sunday. We'll share that with you. Jim is in Mokina. Jim, you're on Carmen Yurko. Meller in for Carm today. What's up? Hi, guys. How are you? I just wanted to um, mention the fact that, you know, you guys have a problem with uh, us old-timers talking about the 85 Bears. But what about us having to put up with the fact that I'm not a basketball fan? What about the fact that we have to hear about Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and the run of the Bulls? 
Now, okay, it was six championships. Okay, and it was Only about ten years gym. apart. Let me finish. The other thing is, since then, that organization has been a uh, dumpster fire. The Bears at least went to another Super Bowl. Okay, yeah, let's, they, uh, they went. Uh, hold on, was it oh five or oh six? Oh six, I think they went to the uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. In 2006, the uh, Bears and, of course, famously, Devin Hester returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. I think um, the greatest player of all time in his sport, the allure of that makes you can is much more defensible, Jim. And we're sorry you're not a huge basketball fan, so we hate to rub you the wrong way. But, you know, there's nothing we can do about that. We talk sports. We try and spray to all fields. My, I, I think you guys would all agree, too. We probably spend uh, a good uh, portion of our time on football, so hopefully we're appealing to you there. But the reality is that six championships and the greatest player of all time it does trump a little bit. It does trump a little one. bit, and yeah. it's, it's also more recent than the you know the '85 Bears. Listen, I love the '85 Bears and everything surrounding them. I'm just making the point that as somebody who just turned 42 a couple weeks ago, I have no living memory of the Chicago Bears, the '85 Bears. You know that season. So, and I've you know talked and listened about sports and read a lot about that team for a long, long time. I've learned about them. I've gone back and watched those games. But for Bears fans in this city. It would be nice to finally be able to move past that, to add, add a partner in the uh, Hallis Hall trophy case up there, right, to what they currently have, to, yes. the, to that one lonely Lombardi trophy. A, a second Lombardi trophy. Yeah, let's and, do that, And hopefully right? a ring that's a lot nicer than the one they got for all the 85 guys. Yeah, I would think so. I would think at this point you'd probably, uh, in 2023, you'd be able to splurge a little bit on the ring. Let's try Matt, who's in Logan Square. Hey, Matt. Yeah, hey, guys. Um I'm just trying to think of other teams that have had, like, a number of a year associated to them. So, like, the 85 Bears, yeah. right? Was there, like, the 1997 uh, Calgary Flames? Uh, it, it just seems like something that Chicago... And I, it's I, unique to Chicago? 72 fi- Dolphins. I think Yerko mentioned them because they were Dolphins. undefeated. That's true, the, yep, the undefeated team. Yep, that makes sense. Um, you know, I mean, uh, otherwise, no, I, I mean, I don't, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Well, and here, let's, let's, let's explore that a little bit, Matt. Part of it too, is that I think the disappointment that goes into the 85 bears dynasty that didn't, didn't come about, right? Yeah. Never there was clicked. an expectation. I think that most people thought there was going to be multiple Super Bowls right. in that particular team's future. And oftentimes what you'll see is a team like the Patriots that was a dynasty. The years get lost because you start talking about multiple championships, right? 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 So I think. In some ways, as great as they were for that one individual season, yeah. it's, it's a bit of a, a scarlet letter to have a year associated with your team because it was, it was a one-year. One, it was yes, a one-off. One and done yeah. in some ways. I mean, they're still a good team, but they Absolutely. never got back to the Super Bowl. They certainly never won the Super Bowl. And usually when you associate years with something, you're associated with like the 1980 U.S. men's hockey team. Sure. That's what the you would get. Miracle on it. ice. Right. Miracle on ice. Yep. 92 dream team. Yep. You get that because it's an Olympiad, and it signifies the, the which Olympiad they were at. 16 Cubs. Yeah. Because they finally won the World Series and broke the streak that was associated with the Cubs being the lovable losers for so long, right? And, of course, that's why you have those years attached to them. It, when something, you, either you're talking about a long streak that has been snapped finally or in some cases, a team that maybe didn't wasn't able to live up to the hype. You know, they had one great season like the '85 Bears did, but they never 
were quite able to get back to those heights. I think that's you know a little bit why you have those one year associated. Or again, the seventy two Dolphins, which go undefeated. That's you know a unique case. But for the most part, you, you the teams that are great, the you oftentimes will see that team go on to win multiple championships. The Blackhawks, who won three you know three three uh, three Stanley Cups over a was it a six year period, right? Yeah, it was six years, ten, thirteen, and fifteen. Yep. So you know that's why you know. You don't always have a year associated with one team if they're great because usually the great teams go on to win multiple titles. I'm Jeff Meller in for Carmen Yer- Carmen today who is uh, getting the old colonoscopy yep. taken care He's of. He's getting it taken care of. So uh, that is why I'm in for Carmen today. Gotta make sure it's not as big as a, as a cue ball. What's that? It. Prostate. Okay. okay. It. What do you think he's going to do? Uh, York, I didn't know what you were... Checking I'm out. Just, they're checking out I, everything. I was just getting clarification the to make canal, sure we were... Dis- the whole kitten caboodle. I, I wanted to lay it out and make no. sure we were discussing the same thing there. We are. All right. Um, all right. So what the reason, though, I do want to put the current bears under the microscope, of course, is that it would be nice to finally get Ryan Poles on track and building a future Super Bowl winner. That would be nice. I think we'd all agree upon that. He has... Yerk, a blank canvas to work with, I think. He is set up really nicely. Sure. In terms of the most cap space, the number one overall pick, and a quarterback that I think you can start to build around who's in his third year who showed some potential. However, based on some conversations, should they actually consider moving him? Or are they actually are they actually having that conversation already? Are they talking about trading Justin Fields? Warren Sapp weighed in, and had this to say. You know what? How good is the preparation, the the, the, the practicing, and the people you're going to put around him? Because what I'm hearing out of Chicago is they're going to package him up, trade him for some other pieces, and then go with the Bryce kid from Alabama. Of course, the Bryce kid being Bryce, Bryce Young. Young from Alabama. Well, what I liked, what I heard there was that so they, it's two paths. They can get better players around him, which would make him better and allow him to flourish more. Or, he says, what I'm hearing through his NFL circles and his people mm-hmm. are they might be packaging him up with something and trying to get a draft choice and taking Bryce Young with that first pick. You know, then the question is, what do you get for Justin Fields? Is it enough? Or can you get enough? You may want a lot of things, but you may not be able to get everything. Here's... So I, I wouldn't put it past anybody. Mm-hmm. Here's a, a little more context from Sap. There's smoke everywhere talking about them trading Justin Fields and going out the price. And you only have one pick. What do you do? You trade away that one thing you have for a couple weapons, and then you get a much more capable throw of the ball. Might be a big fire brewing, and you didn't see it coming. But Warren Sapp told you first. The question, and I, I had first heard this this morning with Cap and Hoodie when uh, Hoodie played it. Does Warren Sapp have credibility in your mind when he says that? Yeah. He does? Sure. Ex-NFL guy still mm-hmm. runs in circles. Mm-hmm. They all talk. They all analyze. They all say, hey, this is what I heard. This is what I think. This is what's going on. Yeah, I think he runs with those guys. Same way I hear stuff. Sure. Comes Listen. down the pipeline. Same thing. Tommy Waddle hears stuff you, you, comes down the absolutely. pipeline. I think it's no, it's absolutely as an ex NFL player. Of he's course, he got does. some sources, and and he's probably running, um, you know, in those circles a little bit more frequently than I'm running in those circles. Mm-hmm. So he may hear it more frequently. I'm sure you know, you know where you hear everything is at the Super Bowl. 
We're if not things, there yet. Yeah, if things are there. I mean, no, when we used to go to Super Bowl. Yes, yes, yes. That's where you hear everything. That's, that's where, the, where rumors... the whispers are at. That's where you got it. But once we get there, if there's any validity to anything, you know, if there's some teeth to this. Yes. You'll start hearing a little bit more around Super Bowl week. All right. So we got a couple weeks until that week rolls yeah. around. And that'll be very interesting to see if we start hearing more and more rumors pop up but, about the Bears. To say that wouldn't be an option for the Bears. That even though if it was minuscule, say it was a two percent option, sure, one out of fifty option. That that's a scenario that might be able to play out. It depends if you've got a dance partner. You've got to have a dance partner for, for something Justin like Fields. that. And yeah, and that's not judging his town or or doing anything. We went and looked around a bunch of teams if that was going to be true. And the only team I can come up with is Tennessee. The Titans, who can get out of Tannehill's contract right. this season with no uh, that, no punitive damage. That would be the one, maybe, but. Then you're going there, and you still have wide receiver issues. Well, you know, we, if you're Justin Fields, you still have wide receiver issues in a free agent class that doesn't have a ton of wide receivers. Well, listen, we know the Titans embrace running the football with Mike Rabel, and they would, I would imagine, if that were the case, they'd absolutely rely on Derrick Henry, and you know that you could be pretty creative with some RPO right. options with but Fields the, and the, the silliness Henry. is, if you haven't been able to look at the Tennessee Titans over the course of time, five years now. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been able to look at them and know what their bugaboo is and what their problem is, when they fall behind, they're but done. They, yes. They're done. So they've got to play from the front. They're like a racehorse that has to go to the front, can never get headed, and if it's headed, it's got a problem. Headed means somebody else comes and takes the lead. If somebody takes the lead on the Tennessee Titans, the Titans have problems. It's not saying 100% of the time they lose, but against the best of the best in the creme de la creme that you're playing in the playoffs – that becomes problematic for you. If the if the Bears are truly entertaining the notion of trading Justin Fields, though, that just goes to show that they've made the decision that he's not their guy moving forward long term. Because they're going to get, I, I would imagine, you're going to get less for Justin Fields than what you could get for trading the number one overall pick. Would you agree with that, based on the fact that he's in his third year of his well, rookie be, deal? It could be a combination of, of, of a, a number of things. It could, it could be a combination of all those deals. The number one pick has that value. Will Justin Fields be able to bring you back what Russ Wilson got uh, brought from Denver? No, 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 no. Well, especially in light of the fact that those that deal and the Deshaun Watson deal that the Cleveland Browns, all the first round picks that they gave up, those two teams, one year removed, look like a disaster, right? And I'm not saying that they don't, they may not work out well for those teams, but I would imagine most teams will be very reluctant to give up the package that those teams traded for those quarterbacks. If Sean Payton goes to Denver, I think Sean Payton can get the most out of Russell Wilson. So well, I'm, that's what I believe. I believe Sean Payton in Denver, Russell Wilson becomes a better quarterback because Sean Payton's there. I would agree with that. I think Sean Payton himself is somebody who is an offensive guru who I trust to work with my quarterback. I'd like to talk a little bit about where Sean Payton, if that should be the landing spot for him coming up later in the show. But I do want to continue to talk about Justin Fields. Are the Bears actually entertaining the notion of trading him? And does Mel Kiper Jr. think that having the first-round pick is good for the Bears this year. I'll let you hear what he had to say with Waddle and Sylvie next on Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Today on Carmen and Yurko, yeah. Mel Kuyper Jr. was on with Waddle and Sylvie yesterday afternoon. If you missed it, check out the entire podcast available for you on the ESPN Chicago app. 
as Yerk licks his fingers. He's so uh, ready for this Mel Kuyper oh, yeah. Jr. breakdown that I'm about to give you. He cannot wait. He's licking his fingers. All right, so Mel was on with the guys. And again, if you missed it, check out the uh, app for the entire interview. But some stuff that stood out to me, they asked him initially, all right, so the Bears have the top pick. Is this a good year, Yerk, for a team to have the number one overall pick? How much do you value Bryce Young, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud? If you value one of those more than the other two, and you feel there's a significant gap between one of those guys, or he fits what you do better than the other two, then, yeah, maybe a team will move up to to one and get that guy. Um, If not, then you have to sit there and make a pick. And that's why, like I said, I didn't know who would be that team, so I didn't want to distort the whole first round and project the trade. But it could happen. You would hope it would be a Houston or Indy where you wouldn't drop far. And it seems like Indy's desperate for that young quarterback. Maybe they would be that team. Houston may feel like, hey, we're not going to let Indy get our guy. We've got to go from 2-1 to one to get that quarterback. Uh, and maybe they would be able to go up from 2-1 to one and Bears fall to 2, and then maybe they could work out a deal with Indy after that and go from 2-4. to four. So it, And then you'd have quarterbacks back-to-back, then you'd be guaranteed either Anderson or Carter, and you'd have two move-downs. So it really depends upon how teams view those quarterbacks will determine whether they want to move up to get one. So Mel right there lays out the scenario where you play in two AFC South division rivals against each other, and you can use that as your leverage to hopefully trade off. That makes sense. But what was interesting, and Sylvie followed up, a lot of people have been floating the ideas, you know, the armchair GMs, Yerk. Hey, could the Bears... You know, spook the Texans into moving up from two to one so that they secure their guy in, in a similar fashion to what John Lynch was able to do to Ryan Pace when he made, you know, he forced him to move up for Trubisky. Could Ryan Poles do that to the Houston Texans? And then is it possible then you also move down and trade with the Colts? Sylvie asked Mel Kuyper, is that a fantasy? Is that something the Bulls could actually, I'm sorry, Bulls, the Bears. The Bears, is that something the Bears could actually pull off? No. It's not because of the... Of I'm sorry. I, the way I laid it out. Is that a fantasy? And Mel responds. No, it's not because of the of how desperate teams are. And they see what happened with Indy with these older quarter Not older, but you know quarterbacks that were struggling somewhere else. And they picked them up or at the end of their careers or whatever, like Indy did with Rivers and, and Ryan and Wentz and didn't work out. And they feel like they're desperate. Certainly Houston has to get a quarterback. Casario's in his, his third head coach now. He better get this quarterback right. So they they got to identify the quarterback they want. And what you have to hope for the Bears is that that the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts all have one guy that they love above and beyond. And it may not be the guy that the other team goes for. Say say, uh, Houston sides, it's, it's Bryce Young. Well, maybe Indy loves Will Levis. Or C.J. Stroud. And they say, we, we can't wait and we can't allow Vegas or Carolina or somebody else to jump to three with Arizona and get that quarterback. So we got to go up and get that guy. Okay? Because that's why Houston would have to go to one because somebody else will go to one if Houston doesn't. So Houston would get their second quarterback, not their number one guy. So it really depends upon, you know, it was basically when Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger came. I said, all three should be real. I don't think, do you really care which one you got? If it's one of those years, then you're in trouble. It was one of those years where they're happy with any of the three. I think I remember uh, one of the, uh, the GMs were saying the year with Herbert and Tua and Burrow. You'd be happy with any one of those three. You just hope it's not that kind of year because if, it's that, if Indianapolis and Houston feel that way, they're not going to move up. So he lays out. Yeah, there needs to be scenarios. a crystal clear number one quarterback. Yes. And even um, I think when the Bears took Trubisky, there was a feeling that Trubisky was the number one quarterback, though individual teams graded the quarterbacks Correct. differently. 
Yes. And so you're hoping at this point that individual teams are ranking the quarterbacks the same way. Uh, Bryce Young is the first one, Stroud, then Will uh, Levis. If it's one, two, three, that way, and that's the way every team has it, advantage goes to the Chicago Bears. If there's three teams that want quarterbacks and they all like different quarterbacks, now you're kind of screwed. Now you're screwed a little bit. You might get one person coming up, mm-hmm. but it's only going to be one person, then you've got to do something after Yeah, that. I would think, though, in a quarterback-starved league, right? Like, I know what Mel's saying. Certainly the Indianapolis Colts may not feel, if, if, there's, if, they're, you know, if they look at Young and Levis and they say, you know what? They're both, you know, starting caliber quarterbacks in the league. We don't need to go ahead and mortgage the future to move up to get our guy. Now, the one argument will be, does somebody like Chris Ballard feel, you know, compelled to go up? Because, listen, he's, he, the seat's getting warm underneath him, right? The Colts now, they've yes. gone into the quarterback market time and time again. They've tried it plenty of times with veterans. You have to imagine that Jim Irsay, who himself is a bit of a wild card as an owner, is looking at Chris Ballard saying, hey, you better get the quarterback situation right. So if you're Chris Ballard, if if you have any inclination that it's you know Young or Levis or Stroud is truly the guy, you may want to go up and get your guy. And we've already well, heard and, him and say he'll go great. up and get him. And, and, and that'd be great for the Bears. That's a great scenario for the Bears. The scenario for the Bears that intrigues me the most mm-hmm. is the one where they're going to start this anew, and this is going to all this money and everything that's available. Yes that they want to then move on from the quarterback and they want to do something else. That's what intrigues me. Justin Fields, trading Justin Fields. Yes. This year. This year. Yeah. That's the most intriguing thing. That if, if you're doing that, and then what can you get? That's what you've got to wonder. Yes. I, I think you get less for Fields than you do for the number one overall pick. Well, I, I'm and, not, mm-hmm. I'm not, yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. But, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. You'll get less for Fields. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. That's fine. Okay, okay. But can I address something else in this year's draft? Can I get my quarterback that I want Mm -hmm. that's going to lead this team coming out of this draft and then get something else that I might need, whether it's going to be the receiver when I trade it, when I trade Justin Fields, and then I got my quarterback and some young talent all coming in, and then four or five years from now, that's when I got to pay them. But I'm hoping they all get good together. I mean, that, that... you know, yeah, it, it, and it's got nothing to do with whether I got faith I, in Justin Fields or I don't have faith in Justin Fields. Yes. It's do I want to put all my people on the same timeline? But th- my question is, though, hasn't has Justin Fields showed you, Yurko, enough as a passer? Absolutely not. Has, but okay, as a passer, has he shown you enough though, where you're willing to go into next I think year? He's with got, him? I think he's got some moxie. Mm-hmm. I, I think his leadership and his, you know, he's somebody he's who looks like he some, wants to work. If somebody's willing to impress me with an offer for Justin Fields, and it needs to be impressive, yeah, I, I might be willing to move off of Justin okay, Fields. Okay, define for me what what's impressive. Uh, I mean, do mid, you need multiple a, firsts? A, a mid first round pick in a second, mid first in a second, a mid first in a second for Fields, and then you get to select one of these quarterbacks with the number one overall pick if you're the Bears. So yes. that would impress you enough to move off of him. Yeah. And but then, the, but the offer has to be impressive enough where I could move off. Sure, and so you're talking a first and a second, probably. And and more importantly, one of these quarterbacks needs to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I one, agree. One of these quarterbacks needs to be that guy. Where, okay, we'll be better off with this guy. He's as far, yes, or maybe further than Justin Fields is as a quarterback at an NFL level um, than what we have with Justin Fields. For me personally, I don't know if Ryan Poles feels that way about C.J. Stroud or Will Levis. 
I don't know how, though, you could look at Bryce Young and his size and be convinced that there's not some questions about him. You know, like he might end up being great in the NFL, but how often will you be able to count there's, on him? There's stay questions healthy? about C.J. Stroud. And there's questions about Will Evans. I agree. There's questions about all. But of your, them. the size factor does that scare you? Like, yes, there's always going to be slightly concerns. built. He is yes, because like right now, you know, I, I think he's listed at 190. I he think is. there's there's lots of questions about whether or not that's actually accurate. The only quarterback under 200 pounds, by the way, out of the top 15 quarterbacks in the league right now. No, in or, the coming out college football this oh, year. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Coming out of college football this year, he's the only quarterback under 200 pounds. Well, the truth is that it's kind of a self-selection process, right? Oftentimes, it's very difficult to excel at the college level much less the NFL level, right? Like, that's just, it's, it's a big man's game. Let's be honest, right? It's hard to stay healthy. You look at Kyler Murray, who actually is, in terms of thickness, much bigger than what, you know, but Bryce Young it's is. It's never been easier to play quarterback as a slightly built guy than it is now. Agreed. Because okay. the quarterback is protected. Right. So it's never been easier to be an undersized guy and to play quarterback in this league. Okay, but... And what size... Is big enough. That's so if he's one ninety, is two hundred one big enough? That's what I was going to ask you. Is Kyler is Kyler Murray big enough? Well, in he's, your mind? he's shown over the course of time he's been durable enough, right, to play. Well, has Did he, he get banged up? He, keep, he as the season progresses, he tends to fall off as he gets banged up. Last year he had a knee injury. I don't think I don't really well, he correlate was out. that. He was out last year. That's what I'm saying. I don't really correlate though a knee injury necessarily to your size. Maybe I should put a little more right. stock when in I, it. But when, when, I, when I hear size, I, I, I physically being too beat up. Yes. To I'm talking play. about frame. And yeah. like Kyler Murray somebody who relies on his legs to get outside the pocket. Usually, now this season's a little bit different because it was a complete disaster for the Cardinals, but usually Kyler Murray, what we've seen from him is season starts out strong for the first five or six weeks then he tends to fall off, doesn't want to run as much as the season progresses. That happened with Russell Wilson, too. Yeah. Well, he got older. First eight, first eight weeks, he looked like a world beater. They called him an MVP. In the last eight weeks, he didn't look like anything. Not this past year, but the, in years previous. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I ask you, is 190 enough to play quarterback in this league in your mind? Would you want to cast your lot with Bryce Young going forward if you were the GM of the Bears? If I, if I felt C.J. Stroud or Will Levis were better, it'd be easier to do. What do you mean? If you felt that, if you thought if they were better quarterbacks, if you, if you thought Stroud or Levitt, not bigger quarterbacks, better, better quarterbacks, if I thought they were you would better, be okay. It'd be easier for me to be able to pick either one of those two over Bryce Young because of the size deficiency. Even though it's easier to play quarterback as a small guy now. Let's try Jordan, who's in Maryville. Jordan, you're on Carmen York Miller and for Jordan. Carmen. What's going on, guys? You tell How us. Are you? What do you got? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, you know, the, the more that uh, um, you talk about this, this. Um, this draft pick and Justin Fields and all that, the more petrified I get. Yeah. The reason I, <laughs> the reason I say that is what if he's wrong? You know, what if he says, hey, you know what, I want to keep Fields, but then Fields isn't the guy. Or he pivots and he's wrong. You know, we're, then we're, we're just going to be down the same rabbit hole for another yeah. five, ten years. You know, and, and it's like there's no, there, there's no way of knowing, you know, if, if he's going to be right. Right off, you know, so it's just, it's, 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 I wouldn't want that decision to be honest with you. Jordan, it's the tough part, you know, it's tough part. They see him every single day. So they've got to be able to get themselves a final analysis of what they believe he is and what's good, what he's going to be, because what he is right now is not good enough. 
what he's going to be might be more than adequate for the Bears to be able to go ahead and get into the playoffs and, and do something. But you've got to be around him every single day. I'm not around him every day. I don't know. I wish I did. I sure. wish I, I I spent more time with Justin Fields. I wish I was there. I, I want to see the, the the leadership skills that he has. I've seen it. Yeah. But when you see it every day, Listen, that's what warms the soul. If, that's what makes you feel good about an individual. That hey, he's going to get it. He's going to capture it, and he's going to be able to lead because quarterbacks lead. That's what they naturally do. The position calls upon them to be leaders. Yeah. Okay. And and it seems like he has that ability. Yes. Okay? Agreed. He's got it. The processing. And I, it looked like he wanted it. Looked like he was going after it. But with the caveat, Jordan, and I say it with everybody, we've talked about this two weeks ago about uh, trading uh, Fields. Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Okay, we talked about this two weeks ago. So we we kind of hammered this out. Okay, with the caveat, the talent that comes to this team next year is going to make everybody better. And when I say everybody, it's going to make the quarterback better. It's going to make the offense coordinator better. It's going to make the head coach smarter. It's going to make the defense coordinator look smarter. All of that yeah. is is encompassed into everything gets better. So the, the one thing I'll say, Jordan, is yes, of course, we're all a little concerned that Ryan Poles needs to do his job. But what I'll also add, finally, is that if Ryan Poles chooses to move forward with Justin Fields... He's okay. You can pivot off of that decision more easily than you can if you trade fields and you draft the quarterback this year. If you trade the number one pick right now, Yerk, and you get assets for the future, future first-round picks, that'll give you ammunition in in the event that you go forward with Justin Fields for one more year, and then you find out, you know what? He's he's not developing into the passer we want. But if you cast your lot now and you say, you know what? We've, We've already made our decision. We're moving Justin Fields but we're drafting this quarterback number one, then you better be right if you're Ryan Poles on whoever you take number one overall. Because chances are he's not going to recover from that, but he could recover from you know trying to go forward with Justin Fields for at least one more year and then you know pivot from that if he wants going forward. 312-332-3776, plenty to talk about regarding Justin Fields, the Bears, and, of course, Championship Sunday. We'll talk about that. But up next... Black and Abdallah have a pretty cool programming announcement they'll share with you on ESPN 1000. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Quite the brouhaha going on in the uh, producer's booth as Yurko ventured in. That's where we're going to go, but I didn't get a chance Turn wrong, on the right wrong mic. mic. Wrong I didn't mic get a chance here. to Seriously? see Fallout Boy. I turned on the other one. What is wrong with you today? <laughs> I didn't get a chance to see Fallout Boy. Hey, you've been yelling at me the whole time to move left, and you never once spoke to me. Because you're you're plugged into the wrong headset. I am not. Yes, you are. There's two plugs I've got. You're plugged into the guest headset. You're not a guest. Don't you're worry. A host. Listen, you're, this you're, one's got a short in it. No, it doesn't. You're, yes, it does. You're new here. Don't worry. You'll, you'll figure the buttons out sooner or later. Yeah, now. one day you'll get it. Uh, I'm Jeff Meller in for Carmen today. I'm Carmen and Yurko. <laughs> and of course, with Carmen and Yurko every day are Black and Abdallah. And you usually hear them from six they're, to they're eight. They're truly, they're truly the, the two stars of everything no that happens. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, no they're doubt. the foundation. Well, yeah. They're the foundation well, of what we have going on. Is that just, why you just, just tried to use like, uh, you? 
Abdallah's jacket as a napkin with your cheese popcorn. You've been eating the cheese popcorn su- su- Delicious. From supplied the, from by the Captain, Jack. yeah, by whatever you called him. Captain Jack. Cap- by the Fat Jack. He sent us popcorn for the holidays. Still still good, still fresh. I call you, him Fat Jack. You, you, that's his name. The that's fat the Jack. correct name. You, called, yeah, the, the no, you yes. called him Captain something. Yeah. Mike, Mike Captain Jack or Jim something. Or something. Yeah. And you've been eating that cheesy popcorn, and your fingers it looks like you've been delicious. Yeah, you look like yeah. Chester uh, looks che- like Cheeto. Been, you look like Chester like Cheeto. I've been mas- massaging pumpkins all day. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and you it. come over and put your hands all over my jacket after you lick your fingers. I'm a finger licker, man. Okay, that's your fingers weird are too. orange. Yeah, it's weird. Go wash your instead of washing your hands. Chris gives you some napkins, and all you do is put your hand in your mouth. I spit on it, and then wipe your fit your finger. And, and you're the one that's offended. Sometimes I got to use some spit. Well, you said some bad words to me. I said, Get your cheesy effing fingers uh-huh. off my jacket. Yeah, I was offended. Witness, I heard it, and and Yurko did look emotionally I, I was, damaged. Uh, yeah, I'm, I was offended. I don't know if the cursing was needed, but it was a fair request, HR? I thought. Yeah, HR, I, Yerk? I thought it was a fair request myself, except for the salty language. This is true, yeah. Hey, I Jeff, mean, we, we have a, a big announcement. Big announcement. Let's get to the big announcement. Yeah. So uh, this Sunday, Black and Abdallah, we will be on the air from 1.30 to 5.30. It's a show called Wanna Bet with Black and Abdallah, brought to you by FanDuel. That's right. We will be here on Sunday afternoon talking football with you. We will preview the NFC Championship game. And then during the NFC Championship game, we will talk gambling. We will update you on current live betting. And then we will preview the AFC Championship game. Should be a great time. All brought to you by FanDuel. Yeah, on ESPN 1000, HD channel, 100.3 HD2, the app will be on Twitch. You can turn on the game, mute it. Boom. Put us on Twitch, Black put us on the app, put us what? on the radio, it's whatever like, you want to. It's it, going to be it's, great. It's, it's going to be a party. It's going to be a darty. It's going to be awesome. It's quadraphonic. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Four different ways. Absolutely. So hang out with us on Sunday because like we want to hang out with you. One thirty to 530 right here on ESPN Chicago, wherever you listen to us. FM, HD, ESPN 1000 on your radio <laughs> dial. Twitch. AM 1000, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. That's right. Someday. I'm getting all the, and the app, of At course. At 1.30, Wanna Bet with Black and Abdallah, brought to you by FanDuel. How about yeah. that, guys? That's uh, pretty cool. I, I know what I will be doing uh, in conjunction with watching football. I will be having the Black and Abdallah Wanna Bet show on my ESPN Chicago app, so you guys can keep me abreast of what's going on with all the live betting action. I cannot wait, guys. Will you guys be setting your own individual lines for what Tony Romo does and does not get excited about. Well, he'll be excited. Yeah, we'll, about, we'll have a Romo segment. We'll, he'll be excited we'll, we'll talk about, about everything. About Romo. And he'll know nothing. Yeah, it'll be great. I, over, I like that idea. The over under on I don't knows is set at three and a half. <laughs> I'll take the over. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely take the over. But if you're paying attention right now, uh, this past week, the Bengals have gone from the underdog, the uh, a three-point underdog, to a one-and-a-half-point favorite, to now, once again, they are a one-point underdog. Yeah, it's been all over the map. So uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday, how much that changed. You guys will let us know and keep us up to date. Cannot wait. One thirty to 5.30 special edition of... Black and Abdallah. What do we call it? Wanna bet with Black and Abdallah? Wanna Brought bet. to you by FanDuel. Awesome. All right. So make sure that you are locked in on Sunday for the special Black and Abdallah show. I'm Jeff Meller in for Carmen DeFalco. This is Carmen Yurko on ESPN 1000.